Welcome, guys. Welcome, welcome to another episode of Black Sploit. Uh, I am your host, Keode Howard. Uh, guys, we have changed the format a little bit. We are we're still filming. We still got some video, but we are putting this and filming this. Uh, also, doing a podcast. We are podcasting this out. Uh, you'll be able to find us on Anchor Podcast, uh, Apple Podcast, Spotify, uh, and we're filming here at LMC TV. So thank you and welcome. Uh, I'd like to welcome my my guest. I got a guest today, uh, Cassandra Turner, aka Auntie. I can't tell you the rest, but Auntie. Because if he uh, tells you, he's have to kill you. I wish she. Yeah. Yes, yes. I cannot tell you the rest. Uh, she's my special guest, so welcome. Hey, thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm really, really excited. So listen, we. You um you really put you really gave me a good one this time. She uh this was a recommendation by my aunt and um I must say I finally got to watch it. I watched it yesterday and it was fascinating. I got to watch uh The Spook Who Sat by the Door. Amazing movie, right? Fantastic movie, man. Amazing. Like this was this was 19 1973 mm -hmm. and um I didn't know what to expect from it because I didn't even before I watched it, I didn't watch, I didn't read anything about it. Right. I was right. like, okay, I'm gonna go in there and just go for it. Right. After watching it and getting ten minutes in, I'm like, okay, all right, this is this is good, this is good. And then they just started with all the the, the content, the story, mm -hmm. the narrative was just amazing, amazing, yeah, definitely. And how it spoke to a lot of stuff going on relevancy today. Yeah. So let's. First off, let's talk about some. The, let's talk about one thing I want to talk about first is the the the, the character, okay. right? The main mm -hmm. character, uh, Lawrence Cook. Lawrence Cook. Yes, uh, he played Dan Freeman. Dan Freeman. Tell me a little bit about him first before. So, we go um, Dan Freeman, who's Lawrence Cook, who plays Dan Freeman. Yeah. He's a uh, part of a um, a CIA. So the CIA. They wanted to integrate. Yes. Right? Yeah. They were like, uh, you know, we've got to integrate. So we're going to try to find one black man who could be in the CIA. And there was a class of, you know, maybe 30. It went down to 10. It went down to 6. And mm -hmm. there was one left. And that one was Dan Freeman. And um, he is pretty much driving the driving force yeah. behind this movie, yeah. The Spook Who Sat by the Door. Yeah. Um, and he ended up being the only one in the graduating class <laughs> uh -huh. of African Americans in the CIA, and he he uh, worked there for five years. And yeah. you gotta watch it. Now he worked there. Okay, so he worked there for five years. Worked. For I'm gonna spoil it all. All right. Um, people, all right we'll people, spoil that. people right. are just gonna have to. You just gonna all have to watch and for yourself. He he works there for five years. Five years. Um, and he. <laughs> It's very clever because I didn't know, I, I didn't read anything about it, so I didn't know what he what his plan was. Right. He plans to take all the information he's learning from the CIA from the CIA and bring it and bring it to, to the, the hood. hood exactly, and then start to uh, mold and build warriors and and fighters, freedom fighters, freedom fighters. Yes. <laughs> for uh, liberation of freedom and to create his own colony. Yes. He mentioned. Yeah. Uh, take back what's theirs from the white man. Like right. it was. It yep. was. It was deeper Powerful. and pow it, it was more, it was extremely provocative. Yeah. It, it was riveting. And it was so much deeper than the, the title. You look at the title, you're like, spoot the sat by the door, and you're like, hmm, mm -hmm. I don't know if I want to see that. Right. And you think you're going for entertainment purposes. Right. <laughs> and that is not what you get. No. You get a provocative, like, 
seriously insightful, mm-hmm. um, just deep picture that really has so much relevancy today. Yeah. Um, and you're really surprised about the outcome and how it's how it ends up playing out. So right. It was a really cool action crime caper type of movie it too, was definitely right? That, yes. Like it had those elements too where it seemed as if um uh, it almost seemed like a mission impossible type of right. thing. He's 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 got, you know, he's he's planning out he needs money. Right. So they they, so they, they rob a they bank. They rob a bank. Right? Uh they need weapons. Yep. So, so they rob who do, I think it was like a the army. The army <laughs> How do you rob the army? He robbed the army. And got military supplies. Got military supplies. Got $300,000 from the bank. $300,000 <laughs> from the bank. And in 1973... In 19, that's like $300 million right $300 now. That's a lot of million money. Do- yeah. So the plan to do this was so... It, it, from beginning to end, mm-hmm. it had you... Uh, it, it sucked you in. It yeah, sucked me it really in. It really did. Right? Yes, it did. Um, and one of the things about the characters I wanted to bring up, mm-hmm. uh, with Dan Freeman, mm-hmm. who uh, played by Lawrence Cook, mm-hmm. and J.A. Preston Dawson, his Dawson, boy, his, that was mm-hmm. his, his boy, who was a cop yep. in the film. He wanted him to be a double agent. Wanted him to be a double he agent. He wanted him to be a double agent. Now, what I found interesting by this was I, I kind of got similarity, the similarities of uh, Dr. King and Malcolm, and Malcolm X. X. Absolutely. So they had a conversation in the car that was really like... One versus not one nonviolent and one versus violent. Right. Thought that was fascinating. And the interesting thing is that Dan Freeman was always that revolutionary kind of guy. Yeah. And um, you know, Dawson's like, this is what you sounded like in college because mm-hmm. he's he's back to that radical place. Right. But he was always in that radical place. He mm-hmm. he had a plan from the beginning. He was he knew that he was gonna he knew that he was gonna get that job. He knew he was gonna infiltrate, and he knew what his plan was from the beginning. Good. He absolutely yeah. did. He, I think, even in college, he kind of knew that this was going to be his destiny. To he may not have known the road that he was going to take, uh-huh. but he knew that his destiny was going to be to get some freedom fighters to have a black revolution because he'd always been that person mm-hmm. in college to speak like about that radicalism and and racism and just trying to take back, take back what belongs to you, take yeah. back your freedom because right. that's all he wanted. He wanted his freedom. And that's what, and, and you definitely see that. I mean, as his character starts to develop, um, from beginning, you don't know who, what his plan is, but you, it's really good development of character yep. as well, um, because you 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 see the steady progression into this militant uh, soldier in a right. way, like this militant man who who who's educated, yep. who is uh, well trained, yep. physically uh, fit. Physically fit. Yes. The, I mean, the man was. He was the embodiment of what this revolution was going to be about. Absolutely. So uh, it was just a great progression of oh, character, character and story. Because even when you first meet him, yeah, you know, and uh, you know, even the scene in there at the there, uh, it's after they've had some sort of training and they're all drinking, and he's in the background, right, not saying a word exactly, and that is poignant. When you think about character development mm-hmm. and where he comes from, because what happens is you, you're the one he's that the, they're watching. He's yeah. the one they ended up watching because he was like never out there. So what was up with that? You know? Mm. See, that, that, oh, man, it's, so good. It, yeah, it, it really is. I really, really enjoyed it. I I thought this, man, I thought this should be taught in like film class. It, you it know really what I'm saying? Should. Like it was so because especially I guess what we're dealing with with today, right? Um. Because it speaks to so many things. When I mean, we're going to get to 
to in a minute from politics to poverty to inner city to crime to racism, to, to racism Absolutely. like uh to it was just into the black man as a whole mm -hmm. what people saw him as mm -hmm. versus what he really is right right, right. you know uh, so it's that perception is that perception Absolutely. and it was, i found it <laughs> i love films that kind of with 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 the white characters right um they do this thing where they make them so oblivious to that there that there's another there's a black man who happens to just be educated. Right. They're like what 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 do you mean? Like they're just so surprised that he was more than that. Right. It was almost it's a satire, so they're making fun of like right. how the how because people were thinking at that he time. He should just be an athlete. Right. That's what they. He kept should saying. only be an athlete. He should only you know he was doing well in everything. He was doing well in the in the academics, and then they were like, well, he's not going to do well in the sports. They don't do that. Either you could do well in academics or you don't. Yeah. He excelled in everything, they and then found out he went to college on an athletic scholarship. Oh, yeah. So the man was intelligent yeah. and. He was an athlete, was so a, he yeah. just he he knocked it out the box, knocked that right out the park. Yeah. Now really I did. wanted to now the story uh, we talked about a little bit, but the story and the meaning of this mm -hmm. of this film, right? Mm -hmm. um, I was reading some things on it, and uh, first off, the title itself, right? Mm -hmm. Spook racial slur back in the day, right? Right. Uh, sat by the door. Uh, which I read, which is interesting because I never knew this was um, when they were integrating in mm -hmm. government, uh, government jobs and all that, all right. that stuff. Uh, they would place the uh, the black person or the black man or black woman by the front, right, right, to be seen, to be seen, exactly, right? to prove that there was some type of integration. Hey guys, this is what we're doing. Like, because hey, even if you'll see. His you know? boss, that was what he decided. We'll, we'll, put, we'll put him in reception. Everybody could see we're integrated. Exactly. Um, but the word spook, there, there is that negative connotation to mm -hmm. it, which is also the meaning of a spy. Yes. 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 So it had, its, it had that double meaning. It had that double know? meaning. Um, so. It was really good. Uh, that, that double meaning uh, played a lot for this. Now, the, me now, the story itself... Um, being, uh, so there was one, in, w the cultural significance, one of them, right? Mm -hmm. From education, mm -hmm. uh, they were talking high, in one scene, he's, he's in the, he's in the neighborhood in Chicago yep. and he's talking to all the, all the, all the guys around there talking about the importance of education. Of getting an education. Right? Yes. That to me was important to see mm -hmm. on screen, but it was also, it's also showing the give back to the community in yep. a way, right? They're paying it forward. Paying mm -hmm. it forward. Like the guy has his education, he's going back and teaching everybody what to Go do. Go get how an to, education. What to do, how Absolutely. to do it, and things like that. Mm -hmm. Thought that was great. Mm-hmm. Right? It was great. Then we get into the poverty of the area, right? Right. We see the inner city. We see the dichotomy. We see, of course, uh, your white officials who are living the life and all that stuff. And mm -hmm. then you see the uh, the blacks who are in inner city struggling. Right. You see that clearly, right? right? Clearly. The poverty. Yeah. So now he's trying to get them out of that. Right, and he's tying it all together. He's like, tying it all together. He's letting you know that without getting an education, this is where you're going to be. Right. And what, if you remember the scene where he's talking to Shorty's mother mm. in the cafeteria, he uh, goes yeah. to the cafeteria and yes. he's talking to Shorty's mother, and you'll know that 
well, if you watch the movie, you'll know who Shorty is. But mm-hmm. um, he's talking to Shorty's mother, and he's asking, hey, what's up with Shorty? And she said, oh, he's working. He's got a great job. Mm-hmm. And she, you know, she's like, he's like, got a job. He's still hustling, you right. know? He, what are you talking about? Isn't he getting high? Oh, he's he doesn't. He only has a $30 a week habit, you know? <laughs> but then he sees Shorty. He's asking her, why doesn't he go to school? What about school? Oh, you know, he doesn't do school. Mm-hmm. So when he sees Shorty, he happened to see Shorty in the street. And he was like, yo, man, when are you going to get off these streets? You know, what what happened? You're going to let these streets kill you. You can't support your family like this forever because what if something happens to you? Then mm-hmm. what are they going to do? Mm-hmm. You and see? the importance of taking care of your family, making sure your family's taking And how are you, if you're the if you're the provider, the man of the house in that, and you're the, you know, the, the person they're relying on, what's going to happen if you're no longer there, right? Mm-hmm. When you're the person who can possibly get them out right. of that situation. Right. Um, what I thought was really interesting that has to do with the cultural significance, politics, mm-hmm. right? In the beginning of the film, mm-hmm. we th- sets it all up, yep. right? Yep. The, sen- the senator needs votes. Yes. And he's losing the Negro vote. Yes, he said, he's losing right? the Negro vote. So how can we get that vote back? And the, the <laughs> he had his white, he had the black assistant and, he, and the white lady who was helping him as well. And she was like, well, we, we can p- integrate someone into the CIA. CIA, yeah. Right? Yeah. So it also showed, like, even today, how politics, how some of these politicians play to the 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 the, the black vote in a way, or the brown vote, when it comes to uh, promising certain things or making it seem like they're going to help more than they really do. Right. Uh, so I felt like that was a good scene where the senator's like, okay, well, well then- if they know that I'm going to put someone African-American in, in CIA... They'll believe that they'll, they'll believe do it that more. I'll do it. Yep. And then they'll then that'll make make everyone want to vote for me. I'll get the votes. You know, Kyoto, the interesting thing about that is, you know, this movie was filmed in 1973. Yeah. And uh, if you know anything about J. Edgar Hoover, oh, oh yeah. And the FBI, mm-hmm. there's a correlation there mm-hmm. in terms of, you know, integrating the FBI. Bam, now we're integrated. This is the CIA. So there's the, the, this movie, and that is the, that is what is amazing and riveting about this movie is because it's so relevant. Yeah. And I use that term loosely because it really is relevant. It was relevant in 1973, mm-hmm. 83, 93, 2003, 13, and 23. It will yeah. be relevant yeah. because what it speaks to is the evolution of how the more things change, the more things remain the same. Yeah. Totally agree. Yes. And that goes uh, for the equal rights, yep. uh, the massive amounts of stereotypes, which was satire as well, right? Yep. They, wanted, they threw some satire in there because they, they want to show you how ridiculous Absolutely. the thinking was yep. at this time. And they elevated it to a level 10, of course. Right. But it was to show you how crazy... That these, how the thinking was, like the mindset of these people, uh, thinking that uh, they were African Americans or blacks were not good enough right. to be in office right. or higher levels of, of or government in the jobs CIA. or in the CIA. Mm-hmm. And we see what happened the, mm-hmm. <laughs> with that. Interestingly enough, even so, you know, um, Dan Freeman. Yeah. He he placated on those stereotypes a little he did. bit, right? He, did. he was like, "All right, because during the day y'all gonna look like the dope fiends, yeah, right. But at night you're training, you're you're training guerrilla style, mm-hmm. right? Teaching them the steps, everything, any 
it's interesting because when you watch it and you see the comparison from when he's training in the CIA and he's training those young brothers from the streets, yeah. if you see, you can't even tell the difference can't because the difference. it's it's exactly the same. Yep, couldn't he, tell the difference. It's just wow. Very yeah. smart. Now I wanted to get to one scene, the riot scene, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Now that riot scene uh, was very interesting because uh, it all started with uh, the police police officers shooting a black man down. Shorty. Shorty, right? Uh, and I was like, I was like, oh damn. Yep. This is today. Flashback or flash forward to like present day yes. blew my mind. I'm yes. like, okay. Mm -hmm. This riot scene was crazy. So now you have a riot scene, black man shot by the police, Shorty. I know. And now you have this riot scene. And now you have Dawson, who is a, a cop. Uh, mm -hmm. And how he played it was, his character was interesting because in that scene you saw him conflicted with he was conflicted with torn. joining the joining the revolution and joining his brothers and sisters, or being committed to his blue brothers. Being committed to his blue brothers, mm -hmm. and when he he took out his gun, and he pointed at the you know at the other at, officer and the dog and the canine, mm -hmm. and said, "Hey, listen, you know how they feel about dogs, yes. right? With the long yep. history, get those dogs out of here." And I think that was a scene where he finally woke up and said, this is not right. Right. Um, but speak a little bit on that scene today. Like, well, the I mean, the significance is when you think about um, an un another unarmed black man being shot by the police starting, and then there's riots being started. I mean, we think about, look, we think about uh, situations like even Eric Gardner, he wasn't shot, by, mm -hmm. but he was unarmed and he's dead. Yeah. And it starts a whole, you know, it just starts a, a domino effect of recognizing that racism and then the police in and of themselves, like how there's still such a disconnect between the police and the people, yeah. especially African-Americans, especially the black community. Right. There's such a disconnect. And we look at how even down, you go to Rodney King, mm -hmm. Rodney King, you know, he, he, there's a, there's a situation with that and there's race riots, yeah. you know, it, it's just, it's a constant, it can, it can go on and on. You're Sandra Bland's, yeah. you're, you know, you, you're Rodney, just, it can go on and on. It's yeah. just so many unfortunate interactions between the African-American community and Police officers. And now, I mean, and this was 1973, so we knew the tensions then were already at a sky-high level. Mm -hmm. And now looking that, at that in 2019, is there really a difference? I mean, probably not. No. I mean, you could say... I would say no. No, right? Uh, so when the controversy with the film that created went the uh, race riots, mm -hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, I guess the race, I don't, when was there, was there a time frame well, with certain rights? So you have, you, you, we can start in the 60s. You okay, have, yeah, yeah. So we can start in the 60s because as you alluded, alluded to earlier with Martin Luther King mm -hmm. and Malcolm X, right? We can start in the 60s where there were race riots, um, you know, with, with Martin Luther King maintaining priests, the march at Montgomery, you know, all of those things where innocent people were killed by whom? Police officers, yep. law enforcement. Mm -hmm. Why? Because someone was starting a revolution. Yeah. 
You know, Martin Luther King started a revolution, but his revolution was by using peace, Mm -hmm. you know, and um, it still wasn't good enough because you did. What happens is the oppression is what drove Freeman. Once again, you want to be free. Martin Luther King wanted to be free. Whenever you have these riots, they they speak to saying, "I we just want our freedom," and we don't know. We we're so trapped that there's no way to really get free. And there's a scene in the movie where Freeman says, "You can't go to a fight with a brick when the other person has a gun." Yeah. Right. Yep. Yep. You're gonna yep. lose. You're gonna lose. So he wanted to teach his people how to win. Yeah. And it, it and it doesn't it may not be right in somebody's head, but it's not right to have to feel that way in the first place. Right. And in in his eyes, if that meant arming his people and and taking lives to make it better for his people and and to to get what's rightfully theirs and to live life equal uh, and not having to worry about certain things and 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 civil liberties that others don't that don't have to worry about it. Then that's the path he's going to take. Right. It was uh, black militant at his at its finest. At its finest. Um, I don't think I've ever seen an older movie like this where it it spoke so much to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to me, watching it, um, I looked at it as a positive thing. Like I didn't look at this as like being a film like uh, damning it. Right. I looked at it as a film as 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 celebrating. Uh, you're going to have to fight for what you want. Yes. Uh, in their case, that's how we did it. Yep. Today, obviously, that's it's a different time. Yeah, yeah. You do it a different way, but you're still going to have to fight, still fight. Absolutely. for what you want. Right. So it was, uh, yeah, it, you picked a good one. I, 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 I'm still speechless about I, it. I it was, was telling, a great movie. I was telling Kate, I was like, Kate, this is fascinating. She it, was like, why'd you watch it without me? I was like, I had to. It was, it's a great movie. And even really what's even more poignant about it is he, he chose his former, the gang that he used to be in. Because he, because you know you can drive. Listen, you tell some gang members, let's get some guns, they down. They're right. Right? They down. But now you're taking that mentality and training it. Mm -hmm. And that's what makes it even more frightening because you're taking that street mentality and training it and disciplining it and arming it at the same time. So now you're arming and educating uh, 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 somebody who's already fearless. Right. Right now, what I found interesting too is that he did mention that even if he had to take some of his own brothers yep. down, yep, because of this, then yep. that's what he's going to do because he believed, because he believed, yes, right, and he believed that this was a cause that is bigger than all of us. So, yep. if, if you're coming into this and you're going to try to stop the movement, then I'm sorry. You got to go. You got to go. Yep. Right? This yep. is this is bigger than all of us. By this is bigger than me. By any means necessary, right? right? By any means. There's that Malcolm X. So By there's any the means co- necessary. Th- that, that's... Did you see a little Dr. King in him? I saw a little Dr. King in terms of his resilience. Mm, okay. Okay. In terms of his perseverance. Okay. Because if you compare Dr. King to Malcolm X... Those are the two things. They both wanted the same things, mm. but how they achieved it was different. Mm. The roads they took were different. Yeah, that makes sense. And that's, but that's, that's life. Yeah. That's what happens now, you know? We could both want the same things, but you want it peacefully, and I, I want to go there and, and slap the other cheek when yeah, you right. turn it. <laughs> 
right? Exactly. So now what? And I was reading a little bit about this in some historical context. Now, um, when Dr. King was assassinated, Malcolm X, and then and, and they talked about how the black community reacted that reacted to that. They were outraged, mm -hmm. saddened. Yep. Um, and then they also mentioned Bobby Kennedy in the same light. And I was like, oh, so Bobby Kennedy. The relevancy and, to today. And how, uh, and how upset that African-Americans and blacks were, were upset that their, their leaders, the people who are fighting for them, mm -hmm. and we're so close yes. to making it some, a world that they had probably never dreamed of it being, were taking away from them. Mm -hmm. What do you think about the Bobby Kennedy thing? Like, how do you... Well, you, you gotta... What you equated to it. So what happens in that time period is that there was... It seemed like there was some person who was white who was giving hope. Mm. So you can compare Bobby Kennedy to Bill Clinton. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. Um, so Bobby Kennedy is our Bill Clinton mm -hmm. because he seemed to be for the people. He seemed to be for the African-American community when he thought about bills. Now, so what happens is when you think about the Fair, Fair Housing Act was yeah. enacted back in 1968. There are so many other affirmative action situations that were enacted that caused the the white population to say, what is going on here? Yeah. How, are we how are we allowing these people to... to actually have equal rights. Right. So it really just so Bobby Kennedy that this he was our he was today's Bill Clinton. So, so he was speak. that beacon of hope. He was that, that beacon of hope like okay, we've got cuz we're not I'm not going to see my face in the White House. Mm -hmm. Because that was the mentality. Uh -huh. So I I've, I've got to take I've got to look at the person who I think is going to at least try to represent me. The next best thing that seems to be representing you on a side where he's already in and his family, my brother's John F. Kennedy. So he has some polls. So it, there was some real hope yeah. that major change was yep. going to come Absolutely. from this. Like major change from, from JFK to Bobby, that whole family. There was, you know, African Americans saw that and was like, okay, this could be this this could be our 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 our, our beacon of hope where yeah. we we something will happen, something will change mm -hmm. from this, right? Mm -hmm. And then boom, taken away. Yep. And I read that article and it was very interesting to read like those were the three people during that time that almost you know African Americans are rioting right uh outraged outraged by. yeah I found that very interesting it's it that it's just an amazing that once again why this movie was just that pr provocative and yeah. that relevant because it really kind of just spoke to the the height of what was really happening mm -hmm. you know this movie takes place in chicago and yeah. even when we think about chicago now you know chicago used to be and still is you know very it had a high crime rate right. um a lot of guns mm -hmm. you know gang violence and it's still today uh, the interesting thing about this movie is that although it's set in chicago yes yeah yeah yeah, yeah. because the movie was so provocative they could they weren't allowed to film it in chicago very interesting <laughs> Very interesting. They had the film it in Gary, Indiana. Gary, Indiana. Wow. Isn't that great? That I is. Think, but what does that tell you? And that what that tells you is already somebody knew that this movie was going to be something that was going to be to start a conversation mm -hmm. and people aren't going to like it. Yeah. You know, the film got shopped as Blacksploit. Mm -hmm. um, and when it was released in theaters, uh, it got pulled very soon after. 
I can see that. Yeah. And um, yeah. there were 50, 50 copies of this film disappeared. Wow. wow. And uh, the one negative that was left was hidden in a vault under someone else's name. And it was that's how this movie actually was able to really re-manifest itself. Wow. So it's just the controversy behind it is, is incredible. Now, Tim Reed, uh, years after... Uh, his production company started making copies of the DVD and started distributing mm -hmm. it. Uh, so this was getting out. This was being no like it was necessary that um, um, it was necessary that uh, that this should be seen by people. Mm -hmm. um, so I was happy. Listen, I found this on YouTube. That's how. So <laughs> it, that's how crazy that's the it whole was. movie. I found this on YouTube. The whole movie, I'm like, what? Okay, this is perfect. Yeah. Scrolled, yep. and I watched the entire thing there, and it was blew my mind. I, I was introduced to this to this movie by someone. They had the DVD. Oh. Believe it or not, he was one of those. Well, like, did it have a cover and everything? Like, it has a cover and everything. Wow. Yeah, Keith, he introduced this movie to me, and yeah. I think if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be right here oh talking about God. this movie like that. So, so it's great. final thoughts on the film. I think every African American should see this movie. Mm -hmm. I think every American yeah. should see this movie. Mm -hmm. I think you should show this movie to your children. Yeah. Because there is a forgotten history that is in that movie. Yeah. That is, our generation doesn't get an opportunity to see it. That's true. That's and, true. you know, it gives them an opportunity to identify the relevance of what we as a community have gone through mm. and mm -hmm. what we will continue to go through. And um, it makes me think about uh, little Whitey in the show. His name was Big Whitey or mm -hmm. what, something like that. And he said, um, I was born black. Yeah. I live black. Great scene. Yep. And I'm probably going to die because I'm black. Yep. Wasn't that's that <laughs> That's like, yeah. That says everything. Yeah. It says everything for that time, and it's relevant now, but it's a little bit unfortunate that you can still feel that way. Still. Because you can still feel that way. Yeah. Yeah. Powerful. Yeah. I, I suggest uh, going on YouTube quick and finding it and, uh, before they take it down yeah. uh, because it, it's, it's a fantastic film that, like you said, every African-American, every, every uh, American should definitely take time and hour 43 minutes of your time to watch something historical and yeah. seeing how it plays today yeah. um, with today's conversation, today's cultural references yeah. from politics to, to poverty, yeah. inner city to education. Yeah. It's, something that needs to be seen. It's definitely worth it. It's definitely worth it. You got to see it. Got to see it. Well, guys, thank you for joining me on another episode of Blacksploit. We're here on uh, LMC TV. You can catch us and listen to us, uh, Anchor Podcast. Uh, we're on Spotify. Uh, you can find us on Apple Podcasts as well. And us other uh, other uh, streaming services as well. Uh, both those are our main ones. Uh, I'd like to thank my, my guests, my auntie. Uh, I'm calling her Auntie. No one usually call her. I call her something else, but Auntie today. But Cassandra Turner, thank you for joining me. Thank you for having uh, me. Catch us next time, next month, guys, on another Black Exploit. Uh, we will bring you new, more, more great movies, hidden movies that I've probably have never seen before. She was, There's more to come. She's gonna help me with those. <laughs> Take care, guys. Later.